Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Legal, lawful, constitutional tender, gold and silver. It is what we do. A gorgeous day here in the Valley of the Sun. I, I had reports that there's snow in the mountains on the Rockies, which is great news, not only for the the drought that's going on in, in Colorado, but obviously when that water melts, it comes down here. Uh, so a great start to, to winter. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. Unfortunately, doesn't help the horrible situation in California. Just in, wow, I don't know if you've been following that, but now I, I, I saw 42, then I saw 44, uh, but I, then I saw 50 people dead, uh, 200 still missing in the wildfires that are ravaging uh, California. I was told that it started from power lines. Yeah, so I, I don't know how that all works, uh, but um, yeah, uh, power lines, and let's face it, the, the, the winds and all that stuff just whipping those fires out there. Hopefully they'll be able to get some moisture uh, there soon. Uh, it's official here. Uh, Martha McSally did not win the Senate seat, uh, went to Kirsten Cinema. Uh, no truth to the rumor that the McSally campaign is down at Sky Harbor looking for votes. I don't know if you saw what what's happening in Florida, that they found votes at a rental car that was at the airport. Apparently the votes were trying to get out of town. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but but it, it's crazy. I don't, I, I, how does that even happen? First of all, what, what was the need for the rental car, and why were the votes in the car? I mean, the only thing I guess I don't know was the the person who was responsible for the votes didn't live in Florida or, or what they had a I, I don't know. Just, I don't know how that's all going to shake out. But nonetheless, the show must go on. Uh, the Dow was down 600 points yesterday. Uh, today, we thought we are going to get a bounce back. Uh, right now, the, the Dow is bouncing. There, there's no doubt. I just don't know if that means farther down or not. The Dow has been up almost 200 points, down almost 200 points. Uh, right now, up about 20 points. Uh, gold is, is just hanging out. And, and believe it or not, gold's actually been up and down as well. Gold's been as low as like $1,197, as high as $1,206. Right now, it, it's $1,204. Uh, silver, same thing, uh, up and down a little bit, as low as thirteen ninety, as high as uh, fourteen ten. Right now at fourteen oh four. By the way, another high in the gold and silver ratio, the highest it's been since nineteen ninety one. So over twenty five years. I, I, you know, I, I'm running out of fingers and toes, uh, but like twenty seven years. That's how long it has been since it took this many ounces of silver to equal an ounce of gold. Uh, right now, right at 86 
ounces, uh, and the highest ever happened in 1991. Uh, it got to 100. Uh, and then, and then, very briefly, and then it, by the t- I want to say before the, that year that it touched a hundred, uh, a year later, uh, it was all the way down uh, into the sixties, and may have even gotten back into the fifties. So volatile, we know that it's volatile. I would say this: I would add silver to anything you're doing, right? If you're buying some gold today, throw a roll of silver, throw a roll of half dollars. Do something added here, uh, you know, because like I said, hey, this happens once every 27 years or so. Uh, so uh, take advantage of it. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. We we have a ton of things to talk about. The biggest being a huge announcement today from Caterpillar. This is what uh, took away the the. The bounce that we were hoping to get, Caterpillar's monthly sales for the month of October are out. I'm going to break it down for you. Uh, Sears creditors asking the bankruptcy judge to liquidate, asking them, saying, hey, listen, we got no chance of getting any of this money back. Force them out. Don't let them reorganize. So have we seen the last of Sears, uh, their creditors asking the court's to shut them down entirely, uh, and and then of course more threats today to the dollar. I'll tell you where it's coming from, what it's all about, what does it mean for all? Of, and I think it really means all the same, right? We've got here's the issue, right? We've got debt everywhere. Everybody does. Everybody's got to sell it, and there's less and less people that want it. Uh, so you can just. Uh, guess where what that means and then something happened in Japan yesterday that well I guess we can point to and say this is probably what we're looking at Pedro Radio News Hour don't touch that dial they're the best behind they're the smartest people we know when it comes to economics when it comes to the laws that they have come up with and that we've all learned. Well, I don't know about all. But, you know, we know things like this. Because, you know, we're just regular common folk. We know economics 101, don't we? Supply and demand. Right? We can understand that law. Right, and you had to do the graph, and, and you had to, you know, balance the price to the supply and find the equilibrium, because that was easy. See, that used to be how things were done. But then these really, really smart people, see, they said, well, you know, we can do better than that. And they came up with all of this great economic theory that, you know what? When things are, I guess, you know, and I'm going to use my infamous air quotes. When things are normal, and and again, normal, because what is normal, right? They seem to work 
pretty good. I'll use the Phillips curve as an example. For decades, this curve worked. And the curve was pretty simple. Unemployment falls, wages go up. Unemployment rises, wages go down. I mean, that was kind of the, you know, again, now, that is the, you know, fifth, sixth grade version of the Phillips curve. And now it's broken, right? They say, oh, it's a Phillips curve, broken. One of the things that happened last night, and, and why I'm going to tell you the gold price is going to go much, much higher in dollar terms, happens to be part of this economic theory that is causing, it is, well, let, let's face it, it, it's caused, I don't even know how many booms or busts, but the big bust is coming, and it's big. And they talk about money supply. You know, the thing, you know, when I first started here, that was something Eric and my father-in-law, every month they, they would tell you about the money supply, the M1, the M2, the M3. And then Alan Greenspan said, ah, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Like, ah, we, we don't need that. But basically, let me give you again, I'll give you the sixth grade version. Hey, we know how to prevent the Great Depression. Okay. And they said, we need to spend more money. Because if we increase spending, if we lessen the value of our currency will create inflation. Right? And that will say that will help GDP to grow. Now remember now, for the last 10 years, we've been having this problem where they keep telling us there's no inflation, yet we're spending records amounts of money. Matter of fact, up until recently, we said, listen, the value of our money isn't that great because we had interest rates at zero. And now I'm telling you, of course, now remember, this goes against their economic theory, right? Because they were taught, right? They were taught by the smartest professors at Harvard and Yale and MIT, that this is how economics works. And it's all a bunch of hogwash. Right? We sit there every six weeks and we're, oh, what is the central bank going to say? Please. They're so devoid of reality. Listen, the unemployment rate is not reality. The inflation rate is not reality. The GDP is not reality. Well, it is because we're just going into debt. Like, I could get GDP. Well, I don't even know if I could. I don't even think we're... Listen, GDP 2019, 2%. Matter of fact, we may not even have 2% in the first quarter. Just get ready. But what happened? 
Where are we headed? The Japanese Central Bank became the first G7 nation. Okay, so so when you talk about, uh, I don't know what they like, the powers of the world, or, well, you, you talk about the leaders of this, what I'll call modern economics, right? The leaders of this fiat phony baloney. Phony baloney. I like that word. Right? Remember when you'd say that as a kid? That was because, you know what, as a kid, but phony baloney was about as bad as you could get without getting in trouble. Right? I mean, you think about what these kids say today. Oh, my Lord. Japan's central bank, the first among the G7 nations to own assets. I like how they say own. Right? They created money out of nothing and said, we own this now. We own assets collectively worth more than the country's entire economy. <laughs> Congratulations. Now, what does that mean? You know our balance sheet, right? The one we're, we're selling some of our balance sheet off. Remember, it was like four, $4.5 trillion, And now it's down to, I don't know, it's down to 4.2, maybe 4.1. But I, I give the the bond program about six more months at max, and then we're going to start adding again. But their central bank now owns more stuff than their whole nation's GDP, following a half a decade spending spree designed to accelerate weak price growth. Guess what? It didn't work. So, if it didn't work, what does that mean about our economic theories? It doesn't work. See, because guess what? You go all the way back to economics 101, my friend. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out that the Japanese economy is not growing. It's going the other way, and you can spend all you want. After a certain point, it doesn't matter anymore. And so so I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, you know, we're only at $4 trillion. We still got, <laughs> you know... We, we let's say by by next year, right? We're going to have twenty twenty trillion more to go. Of course, Japan's GDP I think is just north of five trillion. By the way, if you're wondering, but do you know how much an ounce of gold cost in yen? Because isn't that a fair comparison? When we're just talking strictly economically here. Their currency is so devalued, it's almost worthless. Now their central bank 
has created over five trillion dollars and put it. Listen, they own the stock market there, right? They're the number one holder of stocks, the number one holder of everything, right? Trying to pretend that there's some value there. It only takes you 137,171 yen to buy an ounce of gold. So when you're sitting there trying to think about where it may be headed, that's a good place to look. And they're just the first of this country. Uh, by the way, I was, I was off a little bit. They don't even have a $5 trillion economy. $4.87 trillion of assets the Bank of Japan holds are worth more than five times the world's most valuable company, Apple. By the way, uh, I don't know if you're seeing things, and you want to know why the Dow was down 600 points yesterday. Apple's got a problem. They make money. They make lots of it. But those phones, not only are they not increasing in sales, right? Obviously, that means what? They're decreasing. But the problem now is it looks like they're going to sell 15 million less phones this year than last year. Now, here's the here's the good part for Apple, right? The average person is going to pay like 1200 bucks, <laughs> So they're going to be okay. But that was why the Dow was down big yesterday. We'll get to Caterpillar in a minute. It is uh, 25 times more valuable than the largest market cap in Japan, which is Toyota. That is the most valuable Japanese company. They're bigger than the combined GDP of Turkey, Argentina, South Africa, India, and Indonesia. Right, and remember what this really means. This is debt. <laughs> Could you imagine what's happening? Right, when the stock market suffers, what happens to all that debt there? They are the, the, uh, the world's second central bank. After the Swiss, the Swiss National Bank, and the first among the group of seven to own a pool of assets bigger than the entire economy that it's trying to stimulate. Remember, this is how they told us we were going to get out of the crisis, right? Quantitative easing is the answer. Does it work? They said that uh, the unique policy is they're giving them credit for lifting the economy out of the economy out of decades-long deflationary pressures. <laughs> right? They've got it back to hey, there's no inflation. Right? In Japan, they had negative inflation apparently, uh, but the the I guess here's the bottom line. This is their plan, right? Whenever there's a problem, spend more money. If that doesn't work, 
create more money out of thin air. If that doesn't work, create even more money out of thin air. And if that doesn't work, create even more money out of thin air. At what point do you think the game ends? Look at Japan. Their stock market in 1987 was 40,000. Now, it got to 10. Then they did this, and they got their stock market to go to 20. Guess what? 2019 is going to be a real bad year for the Japanese stock market. Matter of fact, I think it's going to be a real bad year for most of the stock markets out there. Today's news, Caterpillar. I'm going to tell you what they had to say about sales. And when as I leave you, I want you to think about what it costs to buy an ounce of gold at the end. Because I think that's where we're heading. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast launched by Phyllis Schlafly, who served as an articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Upholding that legacy and himself an author, national speaker, and attorney, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Statutes of limitation are necessary because memories fade and it is pointless to consider a he-said-she-said dispute decades after it might have happened. No one should give credence to a new accusation about something minor that supposedly occurred more than three decades ago. And the U.S. Senate embarrassed itself by holding a hearing to do just that in the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation. Justice Kavanaugh, in September, fully denied the allegations against him of misconduct at a party 36 years ago. The entire issue with its surrounding facts is something that senators should not have taken seriously from the beginning. On the verge of his confirmation to the Supreme Court, this politically motivated last-minute smear against him should have been laughed off the stage. Only in the fantasy land of the U.S. Senate, where Clarence Thomas had to endure a similar ordeal in 1991, did fiction replace fact so easily. Accusations about teenage conduct in 1982, even if Kavanaugh was at the alleged party, should not have changed anyone's vote concerning his confirmation to the Supreme Court. Supposedly, a 17-year-old Kavanaugh was drunk and had party-like contact with a fully clothed girl who had also been drinking. At the time, no crime was reported, no adult was told, nothing was prosecuted, and no discipline of any kind was ever sought or obtained. Most schools would not have even punished a student for such behavior at a party, even if true, let alone expel someone for it. It is beneath the dignity of the United States Senate to give credibility to an accusation about silly teenage behavior at a drinking party as though it carried the full weight of the abilities and character of an adult more than three decades later. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley disliked allowing a hearing on this smear, but the Republican majority in the Senate was hostage to a handful who pandered to the media. It was a mistake to schedule a special hearing, then delay the hearing by a week, which gave the storytellers more time to practice and embellish. Allegations which lack any details and are about the distant past are not credible, and the Senate should have quickly proceeded to an earlier vote on Brett Kavanaugh. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. But the fake news and the commentators whose slant coverage are finally being exposed. At phyllisschlafly.com, we promise to provide timely alerts and take effective action on your behalf. That's phyllisschlafly.com. 
Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. Just to give you perspective, what's the Japanese yen worth? It's not even worth one cent. You would need 100 in almost, well, yeah, actually a little over. 114 yen to get one dollar. So when you think about fiat currencies, and you understand what they really are. It's a piece of paper with some ink on it. Well, <laughs> let's face it. More and more, it's not even a piece of paper. Right? It's just some electronic credit floating through the air. And you want to know where every currency goes. We already know, don't we? We don't need some great economic theory to figure that out. It goes to zero. See, at some point, you hit the proverbial tipping point, where when you first started adding debt, felt good. Right? When did we really start piling on the debt? You ever really asked yourself? Starting in 1971 to 1981, the debt went from $400 billion to $1 trillion. That's a, that's a big increase in 10 years. Considering you went 205 years to get the first 400 billion. Felt good. Well, we had some problems in the 70s. We know that. We had that inflation problem. This is a little different type of problem we're having. And then we really started stepping on the gas. Now, we were able to hide a lot of that with the Social Security Trust Fund thing, but we started hitting the accelerator. Felt good in the 80s. I mean, we had the crash. Japan hit the tipping point. I've got to do a little more research. I'll try to find out where their debt levels were then. But the more we punch the gas, every time we seem to get less and less out of it. Now the Japanese—they've <laughs> created all of this fake money out of thin air and pretended to buy all these quote-unquote assets. That now it's greater than their entire country's GDP. And guess what? They're—and guess how fast their economy is growing? It doesn't. It stays right around zero. Sometimes it's less, sometimes pretty much zero. And this is what's going to happen here. 
course, first you got to have the big whack-a-mole. Right? Remember, they went from 40 to 10, and now it's back to 20. It's going back to 10. I'm just going to tell you, it's going back. Because, again, it felt good to step on that gas for them, didn't it? Just like it felt good to step on the gas for those two quarters of 4.2 and 3.5. You ever watch the news and all this, this, all these analysts can say? You know why they don't talk? You now, used to be you talked about the future. Why aren't they talking about growth for 2019? You know why? Because they can't say the words 4.2 and 3.5. Well, someone said it today. Jim Paulson said it today. Two. Right back to where we were. And now we're going to be right back to where we were with a lot more debt. If you don't believe it, what rattled the market this morning? Caterpillar. Total sales for machine. So every month, Caterpillar puts out a number. These were our sales for the month. But see, they don't like, and I get it, they don't like to have the number out there by itself. Because it'll be lonely. (laughs) it'll It'll be afraid. It'll be naked. So what they like to do is do a three month rolling average. And I get it because, hey, there could be a spike here or a big drop there, and it may catch up the following month. But you do get to see a very interesting trend. In August, the three-month rolling average was up 23% year over year. In September, it went to 21%. See, that's the wrong way. In October, it's now down to 18%. Again, right now, going the wrong way. And Caterpillar said, hey, by the way, it looks like this trend is going to keep on decelerating. And that's where it got the markets all wound up. And they and they do, listen, Caterpillar does a lot. You know, they do uh, industry machines. They do energy stuff, right? They're big in, in oil pipelines and all of those things. And you know what? Uh, that's the other, I didn't even get to that either today. Oil. Broke a record yesterday, and it looks, and I know the, the day's not over. It's amazing what these markets can do in a day. But it sure looks like crude oil is going to set a new all-time record. Yesterday, it fell for the 11th straight day in a row. Today, crude oil is down another $2.77. As a matter of fact, crude oil is doing silver. It's down almost 5% again today. At fifty-seven, just above fifty-seven dollars a barrel, that'll be the twelfth straight day of decline. And and you know what? When you start to think about what are the effects of that, 
You know, and I think about the oil, the oil pits, and then I think about oil inventories. You know, we produce now. By the way, we're the world's largest producer of oil. It's about time. We should produce more. The price should go back down to twenty bucks. Of course, they wouldn't be able to actually make any money getting it out of the ground for that. Question is, can they do it at fifty-seven or not? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. After being down 600 yesterday, the Dow's up 40. So it's been flying all around, trying to figure out what is real. Let Let me just lay it out for you. The stock market, and I don't want to be negative. I want it to go up. I do. I want it to go up because... We're doing such a great job of, of running the best companies on earth. But that's not what happened. Right? First, we, we they got a big handout. I mean, let's call it what it is. That's what Trump gave them. But they're talking about, and they want to live in the 4.2, 3.5% GDP world. Right? That's the world they, they pretend they're still in it. We're not even going to have 3% growth this quarter. We're not. Not even close. Look at what Caterpillar just said. Sales have fallen, what, 5% in three months. And guess what? We're going to fall another 5 and then another 5 A lot. And I don't know about this crude oil thing. I'll try to educate myself. I don't know what it costs to get that oil out of the ground, like in North Dakota, Colorado, the the panhandle of Texas, and out in Odessa and all those places. I don't know. But that's going to have a huge, you know, a huge piece of oil. It was government spending in oil. Just what? And now they're starting to come to the realization that things are starting to slow down. And the, the fact that China's slowing down, not real good. Because companies like Apple start having trouble when the Chinese aren't buying their iPhone. How about this one? Man, and I almost missed it. This is a great article, you know, for years. We've been talking about J.P. Morgan and silver, haven't we? It's the worst kept secret on the planet that J.P. Morgan manipulates the price of silver. I see it every day. It's actually not hard to see. And what I mean by that is they come in with so much money. It's a re- you know, They make ridiculous trades designed to do one thing, right? Lower the price of silver. Something happened the other day that, and of course now J.P. Morgan will do, oh no, we're doing it for our clients, and I get it, right? I, I, I am sure a lot of their clients want the price of silver to be cheaper. Why? Because we need it, right? I get it. All of you should want the price of silver. Well, let me say, all of you that are still adding to your portfolios want the price to be cheaper. 
all of you selling want it to be what? More expensive. A previously secret guilty plea. Hmm. Heard the key word in there. Secret. Again, how much crime do banks get away with? And they're the ones that are in control of all your wealth. Either you, you give them all your money. And all they do is commit fraud on us. A secret, well, previously, it's not secret now, because I'm telling you about it. A former commodity trader at J.P. Morgan Chase, who admitted that he rigged precious metals markets has drawn the attention of a lawyer who already accused traders at the nation's largest banks of similar conduct. The lawyer, David Koval, we've actually talked about him once years ago, told CNBC he was struck by how much in common his civil case, which is still pending in New York courts, right, because that's where, you know, trades are done. And, of course, J.P. Morgan's going to bottle that thing up for years. J.P. Morgan Chase had, with the conduct outlined in the ongoing criminal case against John Edmonds, Edmonds, a thirty-year or a thirty-six-year-old Brooklyn resident, pleaded guilty in October to committing fraudulent and manipulating the precious metals markets from 2009 to 2015. I'm thinking about what the guy's only 36 now. <laughs> it's 2018. I mean, this guy was what? 26, 27 years old? Trading billions of dollars? Barely knows his hand from his ass. He admitted working with unnamed co-conspirators at his former employer, J.P. Morgan. I can promise you this. Just like in Wells Fargo, they knew exactly what was going on. Right? They, they knew you. Why, well, you think this 20-something-year-old kid is going to trade billions of dollars and J.P. Morgan's not going to know about it? I'll finish with this when we return. This trader, Edmund, his plea related to spoofing, right, which was J.P. Morgan's way of, without actually even having to spend the money, they put in an order to short the silver market for thousands of contracts. And people would see it, and they'd let it sit out there, getting ready to execute. And then, of course, everyone started panicking, and then they'd cancel the order, right? 
so far this year, the Commodities Futures Trading Commission has announced 26 enforcement actions that involve market manipulation, attempted manipulation, false reporting, spoofing, or deceptive conduct. More than double the number in 2017 and six times that of 2016, right? In other words, right, they're barely scratching the surface. Edmonds said he learned it from more senior traders. Shocking. Like I said, the kid didn't know crap. From more senior traders at the bank, and he personally deployed this strategy hundreds of times with the knowledge and consent of his supervisors. His plea relates specifically to trading in silver futures contracts. Oh, don't worry, gold didn't get left out. As well as gold, platinum, and palladium. He didn't miss it. He got them all. Four years ago, Coble sued J.P. Morgan on behalf of a hedge fund operator. The civil suit accused J.P. Morgan of manipulating the price of silver's futures contracts in 2010 and 2011, costing his own client $30 million in losses. There it is. They already got the guy said he did it. And now we wonder how all of this plays out. And again, and you sit there and you wonder why all of these things happen. None of this is for you. This is what the central bank protects. This is what the courts protect and the SEC protects. Because let's face it, if you actually knew the truth, you wouldn't give the banks a dime. Aren't you glad they took away our pensions and gave us a 401k? Doesn't that make you happy? need to take the time. I know. It's hard. And we want to believe that Dow 24,000 or 25,000 is realistic. And you hear these idiots talk about P.E. ratios and this and that. Listen, all of the earnings for 2019 are all coming down. All of them. I'm telling you now. You know it. I know it. They're coming down. They haven't done it yet. They're going to. Be ready, be prepared, understand what they're going to do. We're going Japan. Right? We're just going to keep piling on the debt and pretending that it's worth something. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll talk again tomorrow.